KFUO Worldwide at KFUO.org. I'm Gary Duncan. You're listening to the Midday Moments program. Thanks for being with me today for the program. And uh, right now, it's time for a moment on the lighter side. And if you went shopping this last weekend, you are all aware that Christmas season is upon us. Actually, before Halloween was over, there was Christmas stuff in the store. And indeed, this last Sunday was the first Sunday in Advent. And as always, Peter has lined up a special guest for us this holiday season. I didn't think we could uh, top last year's guest with a talking donkey, but this year we have a doozy too. Apparently Peter's been spending time, a lot of time on the farm uh, for this year. He has brought to us a, actually I can't hardly, I don't know if I could say this because I don't hardly believe it, but a talking sheep, one of the original sheep that was there on the hills surrounding Bethlehem the night that Jesus was born. Welcome, sir or madam. It, it's sir, uh, and I'm glad to be here. Well, it's so good to have you. You know, it's going to take forever if every time I have to refer to you as one of the original sheep that was on the night that Jesus was born. Do you actually have a name? Yes, I do. Uh, but it won't help shorten up things too much. Oh, why? What's your name? Robert Aloysius McGillicuddy. Robert Aloysius McGillicuddy. Wow, that's like a mouthful. You don't have like a nickname, do you? Well, all my friends just call me Bob. Bob, okay. I, I should have seen that coming. Bob, tell us something about that first Christmas. I suppose the first thing is what a surprise it is that a sheep would be one to tell the story. Well, considering that it didn't realize that sheep could live for over 2,000 years, and while we did talk to a donkey, one really doesn't expect a talking sheep. Now, now, Mr. Duncan, you know all of this is just a little fun fantasy we're having, but I'm talking about the real world, uh, about what actually happened. When you think about it, sheep and shepherds would be the last creatures you'd expect to tell the story of the Savior's birth. What do you mean, Bob? Well, what happened on that first Christmas night? It was the birth of the Almighty Son of God, the Savior of the world. And if you were having a baby shower for such a child, who would you expect to be invited? Well, human speaking, I suppose we would expect the prominent people of the day to be invited, perhaps the mayor of Bethlehem, the governor of the region, maybe a local king, if not such political leaders, you would certainly expect the religious leaders to be invited, the high priest, the lesser priest, the scribes, the other men of religious influence like that, Pharisees, after all, the baby is the son of God. Also, it's not like these men would have had far to travel. They all lived in Jerusalem, and Bethlehem was its suburb. And yet the Bible tells us these men had no idea what happened that night until nearly two years later. But it was to a bunch of poor shepherds that God announced the birth of his son. You know, Bob, I've heard any number of sermons preached on that very topic. God announced the birth of Jesus to humble shepherds. But I've always wondered why it's that surprising. After all, shepherds played a pretty prominent role throughout Scripture. The prophet Amos was a shepherd. Even more striking is the fact that the greatest king that ever lived, King David, was also a shepherd. So why are shepherds thought of as being so lowly? It's good you bring up the case of King David, for it illustrates the point. Now, David's father was a man named Jesse, 
According to 1 Samuel, do you remember how many sons he had? Well, I didn't realize that you were going to give me a quiz. So I hate to admit this to a, a sheep, too, uh, but I, I, I don't know. I, I Was it seven? Close, but no cigar. Oh, okay. <laughs> he actually had eight sons, and amongst the eight, uh, where, where did David fall? Maybe the firstborn or maybe the middle child? Well, that I remember. He was the youngest baby of the family. And when it comes to I'm to divvy up family chores, what task is usually given to the youngest? Whatever task is left after the older siblings had their say, usually the ones that no one else wants to do are the ones, because I'm the youngest too, and I've experienced that. Oh, I bet you know what I'm talking about then. Yeah. And so what was David's task? Well, I see. He, he was the shepherd of the family because nobody else wanted the job. But my question is why? What made shepherding so undesirable? Well, well think about it, Gary. If you're the one who tends the field, say, in the family, you go out and you plant or harvest the crops. When the sun goes down, you come home and clean up and mom makes you a nice warm meal. And when you're done, you crawl into your cozy bed and have a nice long rest but if you're a shepherd you're a long way from home you might not come home for days you eat whatever leftovers mother packed for you you sleep outside on the hard ground you stay out in the open with your sheep come sun rain or snow Okay, I, I see your point shepherding is obviously a very hard dirty and probably smelly job Hey, 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 what, what, what's with the smelly business? Oh. <laughs> I, I, I'm used to having a pet dog, and I remembered what he smelled like when he was wet and had been outside for a long time. Hey, trust me, we sheep don't roll in everything we find lying on the ground. Uh, but your point is well taken. <laughs> Imagine what you'd smell like if you had to wear a wool coat 24 hours a day and never got to take it to the cleaners. Please, no offense was meant. Uh, of all the sheep I've known, I must admit that you're very, very well-groomed. Well, well, thank you, uh, I think. Uh, but back to the story. Um, the problem with being a shepherd was not just that it was a dirty job, uh, but there were religious difficulties as well. Religious difficulties? What problems would a shepherd have with religion? Well, there were the purity concerns. I, I mean, after all, the Jewish people do practice rigorous ritual cleansings. But it was more than just the difficulty of fulfilling ceremonial laws. Well, 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 there was a bigger law that was at issue. In fact, one of the top ten laws. And which of the Ten Commandments would a shepherd be breaking? Well, the Third Commandment, the, the Sabbath law. Now, this was a good commandment that God gave his people to take a Saturday of rest and spend the time hearing the Word of God. But some occupations are not suited to a day of rest. Uh, that's why you don't find any Jewish dairy farmers. Huh. You know, come to think of it, I don't know a single Jewish dairy farmer. And a shepherd has similar problems. Attending sheep is a 24-hour-a-day, seven-days-a-week job. There is no time for a day of rest when you're watching sheep. Still, there must be something to be said for the worthiness of shepherds. After all, they were very brave men, and they were defending their sheep from all kinds of wild animals. Oh, well, there are roaring lions that seek who may they, they may devour. <clears throat> but most of the predators a shepherd encounters are, are wild animals that are afraid of him as he might uh, be afraid of them. A carefully thrown rock will usually chase them away. It is a rare shepherd that engages in hand-to-hand -hand combat with a bear, for instance. 
In David's family, it was his brothers who were considered the brave ones. Uh, they were the ones fighting the vicious enemies of Israel, the Philistines. Uh, the youngster David had been relegated to the relative safety of tending the sheep. After all, he wasn't even big enough to wear the army, the armor rather, of a soldier. You know, you have a point. They really didn't expect much of a shepherd, did they? Indeed. When, when Samuel came looking to anoint one of Jesse's boys as king, why, Jesse didn't even bother to call David in from the fields. I mean, after all, who would want a mere shepherd to lead God, God's people? But that's my point. Jesse was wrong. The shepherd David would be the greatest king of Israel ever knew. And not only that, apparently as he guarded his sheep, he had gotten pretty good at throwing those rocks. He bravely faced the Philistine giant Goliath, remember? And he felled him with just one single stone. I agree with you completely. And that is my point. Shepherds are judged lowly by men for various reasons, but that is not the judgment of God. It was to David, the shepherd, that God gave the call to be king. And in my day, it was to lowly shepherds that God gave the call to come to the manger. All in all, it's not that surprising. For when Jesus would grow up, he would call himself the shepherd. And he made it perfectly clear he hadn't come for those the world thought worthy. Rather, he said, I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinner. But we'll see more of that truth as I continue my story next week. Okay, sounds good. What else can I say? It's been really fun here today. It's not every day I get to talk to a sheep. So I'll see you next week, Bob. See you, Gary. <laughs> we are the messenger of good news. This is KFUO Radio.